Hello and welcome to episode 8 of A Wee Bit of Everything with your hosts Clark Burrow and Lewis Cleland. This week's episode we have another athlete on the show and as, as always when we have the honour of interviewing different athletes the questions will be shaped around their training and the different approaches they use to improve their performance. We also aim to find out more on the mental, emotional, physical and social factors and how they impact on their performance in their respective sports. This week we are delighted to have Stephanie Bukovic on the podcast. Stephanie is a professional goalkeeper and has played at the highest level in the ladies game. I had the pleasure of coaching with Steph in Canada in 2016 and through social media I've seen her progress in her football to the top level and it's been nothing short of inspiring. She has come a long way since playing in goals for our university team. She has since played in goals for Ajax ladies along with representing the Croatian ladies national team where she, she was involved in the World Cup qualifiers and 2018 for the 2019 World Cup. It doesn't stop there. On top of her professional goalkeeping career, she is also a professional football freestyler and has performed at various different events, including the Ladies World Cup in Canada. It's been inspiring to see how passionate Stephanie is about her football and how far she has come since coaching with her at summer camps in Canada. We're both really looking forward to this chat and I think it's about time we get this one kicked off. So, thank you very much for agreeing to do this today, considering you probably won't have a clue what same of these accents. <laughs> how have you been uh good yeah really good just uh spending time with some family right now so it's nice yeah i think we're all in the same boat with that one spending yeah. a lot more time than usual with the families i can't believe it was four years ago we were coaching in canada and you were yeah. and I, was, I, I was showing you how, how it was done with the dizzy penalties and the the crossbar challenge yeah you did beat <laughs> me though you did. Uh, <laughs> i think i think i got one over you you did you did yeah i also yeah, think so. I, I had um longer hair than you at that time as well didn't i yeah, yeah, you look different <laughs> now, way different. I've got, I've got a lockdown special. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right, so before we get started and get into the actual questions, do you think you could give the listeners a little bit more background information on your football career thus far? I touched on it briefly, but I'm also aware that you've played for several other clubs in Canada and Europe. Uh, yeah, so I started off going to university in Michigan. Uh, I went to Oakland University for two years, and then I transferred to Belmont U- University in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I had a really good two seasons there. And then from there, obviously, like I knew I wanted to play professionally. Uh, I went to Europe from there. I went to Sweden. Uh, it wasn't top division in Sweden. From Sweden, then I went to, to Holland. I played for Pexwola. From Pexwola, I went to Iceland, played in Champions League, play, actually played against Ajax. That's how they, uh, they recognized me and, and signed me uh, almost like a year later. And then I played in Croatia after that. And then from Croatia, I went to Ajax. And, and now I'm kind of figuring out what my next move is after this. So you've played for, for quite a few clubs then since, since like the last seven. time I've seen you. Seven yeah. clubs? Wow. I think so. seven different countries, I think. Right. At least you've got so Ste- Yeah. Steph, what's the big difference? In Canada. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what's the big difference, Steph, between the kind of European style and the Canadian style or the American style? What's the main differences, do you think? I think I think it would have to do with, like, fitness. I think in Canada and America, we're more focused on, on running and being really, really fit, where in Europe, it's more technical-based. And uh, I think that's the, that's the main difference for me. I don't find that I, I'm running that much in, in Europe, where in America, I was just – preseason was – it was, it was yeah. really, really hard. Do you feel like they do more training, more training with the ball as opposed to – yeah. Yeah, always. Every every conditioning training is like with the ball. So you're always if thinking we, about it. Yeah. yeah. 
So did you always have a vision to come over to Europe and play? Was that your dream or did the opportunity kind of come unexpectedly for you? Um, I always wanted to play in Europe. I mean, I've the goal is to play in England, so I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh, but always, always was Europe, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, how have you been finding lockdown with the football being cancelled? How have you kept yourself engaged like with your training and stuff? Um, I, it's been hard training wise, but like I still go out for a run. Like I do a little bit here and there, but right mm-hmm. now I'm kind of just, just spending time with my family. Uh, wasn't really so focused on, on the football cause I didn't know what was happening. Uh, now that lockdown is, is, is starting to lighten up a little bit, I've started to, to train a little more and get ready for season. Brilliant. You are, am I right in saying that your sister's a, a volleyball player as well? Yeah, so she plays beach volleyball for Canada, and I play for right. Croatia. So it's funny, and we're twins. So it's it's, it's that's amazing. It's, yeah. So is she at a professional level as well. Yeah, professional. So she travels all the time in Europe. She's uh, training for the next Olympics. So we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Have you have you been learning anything new in lockdown? Any new uh, freestyling skills or that? <laughs> yeah. So honestly, just freestyling. I haven't really been doing anything else new. Just kind of new tricks and just maintaining that I can still freestyle because I don't do that anymore. It's hard uh-huh. to do both with uh, yeah. training all the time. Yeah, the, the, the schedule must be demanding playing at the, the top level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so after this podcast, you can show us how it's done. Yeah. Style. No, we'll, be, we'll, we'll put your, your, um, <laughs> your Twitter handle or your, your Instagram tag so that people can yeah. check you out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to move on to some kind of training-related questions now. Uh, before you start your football season, playing at the top level as a goalkeeper, do you look back on your like, previous results on your statistics to help you plan like targets for the season? Do you sit down and do that with your coach? or how does that uh, work? So Because I, pl- I play for so many different clubs, uh, every time you go to a club, you have your preseason and, and coaches have those, uh, those stats that they, they want you to hit during preseason. And then they kind of moderate, moderate, moderate that throughout like, the season and, and then see what you do when you come back in December. So okay. they do, yeah, so they do monitor everything. Uh, as for me, when like I'm in Canada and stuff like that, I try to train with my my trainer uh, and work on uh, certain aspects that I think will help my game. And then I try yep. to bring that to whatever club I'm going to next. So have you had any inclination of when the season will start back or when things will go back to normal? Um, I think games are starting in September. Um, but as of right now, training kind of stopped right as in May. And then I think they're trying to start up again, maybe June, but it's very okay. limited. Like you only train with like four people or something like mm-hmm. I, it's everything's still up in the air. So I don't know exactly what's happening. Even for me, when I'm going to my next club, I don't know when or, or what the borders, like what's happening with that. So it's all up in the air. Okay. Similar to the UK then. Yeah. I suppose as a goalkeeper, it's quite a, it's, a, it's a situation where you can train in small groups, isn't it? Because obviously the nature of the, the position, yeah. you don't need to... Yeah. Yeah, so it helps for me, like, for sure. So right now I've been training with uh, another goalkeeper of mine in Canada, and, mm-hmm. I mean, no one's going to say anything because there's just two people. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and there's social distancing, so. Uh-huh. Uh, so are there, any, are there many different components of fitness which are pertinent to play in that position? Like, how much time do you spend developing each one? For example, like, agility, power, reaction time, or flexibility? Yeah, so you focus on – you cover all those aspects when as a goalkeeper. Uh, your coach kind of uh, plans a session and is specific to, to those categories. So one day we'll work on reaction, one day it's agility. You have your strength coach as well. He kind of uh, has a program for you. So 
And it's all based off like our testing at the beginning of the season. And they tell you, okay, maybe this player, she needs more power. This player needs more speed. So it balances. Okay, so should the test, would you just do that at the start of the season or would you do it during the season, the test? Uh, yeah, so you do it in pre-season um, and then you'd probably do it again when you come back from Christmas break. Okay. And you have like a, a heart monitor. Uh, so there's like one of our trainers, she's, she's always on her iPad and during practice she can see like your levels. And if you're working too hard, maybe she'll be like, if we have a game coming up, she'll be like, okay, you need to take it easy. Or if, she's, if you're not doing too much, she's like, okay, you need to work harder. Interesting. That's so interesting. So can I just jump in there? See when, so say you've been training, can they, like how in depth are the statistics that they're using? I know like you see that often with players when they're training, they've got the heart rate monitors. Like is, are there like sports scientists or like sports analysts that sit at the training session and monitor yeah. all this kind of stuff? Yes, yeah, so we so have a, a sports scientist, I guess, uh, who does everything. I don't know too much about it. I just, yeah. you know, she, she tells me, okay, you need to keep going or, or you need to stop uh. or or whatever, but I don't know much uh, in detail about it, but we do yeah. have someone who, who's just in that field. So they can tell you when you need to take it easy for a session and stuff like that based on how you've been yeah. training? So that It's especially more for like field <laughs> players because obviously they're doing a lot more than, than goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just like for injury prevention as well. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So see, as a, see, as a goalkeeper, Steph, do you take part in a lot of the possession drills? Because like, a modern game uh, is a yeah, lot of, like, so, goalkeepers play out from the back. So is your job to, to yeah, take part so in these passing sessions? Yeah, so especially at IX2, because their style of play is all building out of the back, um, mm -hmm. and they need a goalkeeper who can use their feet. So a lot of the times, the goalkeepers do participate with the field players when we're doing possession. I see that all the time, because I follow the IX page yeah. on, on Instagram, and you see them, they always do their rondos and stuff like that. They're really big on that, that style of play, aren't they? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I love it, because I love using my feet. Yeah, now you'll be in your element now. Yeah. Right, so could you give us a, just in short, it doesn't need to be anything crazy, just give us a breakdown of what a week's training looks like for you as a goalkeeper playing at that level. So what's the kind of balance between gym work and your football work? So in season, we probably would lift maybe like two to three times a week. Mondays would usually be the hardest uh, that we would lift. But wake up in the morning um, around eight, have breakfast, go to the facilities, have practice at 10 o'clock, uh, train for about two hours, then we would have lunch. Uh, have a little bit of a break and then we would go right into a lift session right after for about an hour and a half so my day would probably finish around around four o'clock right and then, and then depending on where the sessions were maybe I would go uh, do something on my own if I wanted to mm -hmm. brilliant so you kind of touched on it in the previous question how often do you monitor your training program or your like your, your fitness levels throughout the season um so we do have the people who monitor that, but like, uh, for me, I do have a trainer back home cause I've been working with yeah. him for a while and like he works on my vertical. So I kind of follow his programs. So it's going to yeah. help benefit me. Right. Is that so, just, your, is that just the fitness side of it? Or is there like yeah, one to one goalkeeping like as well? Yes. No, it's more of like the lift aspect stuff. Cause right. I've been with him for, for two years now and I like him and, I do what my club tells me to do, but I also do what he's telling me to do. I don't want to be on two different programs. So uh -huh. it's more of like a collaboration and you kind of build it from there. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So if you, see if you had a game on the Saturday, Steph, how would you build your routine into that? So you would be in on a Monday. Do you have a day off? Wednesday yeah, off? So, so we would have Monday, we would have two sessions, uh, practice Tuesday, practice Wednesday, uh, sometimes you'd have Thursday off and then Friday would be like a light session and then you would have your game 
Saturday, and then maybe you would have off on Sunday or you would have training. So one day a week you would have off after a game or in, or in the middle of the week. It just depends on, on the training load of your coach. So see, let's see if you got beat on a Saturday. Does a coach prefer to get you in on the Sunday or does he get you in if you win? It's almost like there's always a debate to whether, you know, do you get them in on a Sunday when they feel good or do you get them in on the Sunday when they don't feel good? See, it's funny that you said that because there it was a debate like that with our club as well. Like I personally thought if we lost on Saturday that we needed to be at the field on Sunday. But a lot of the times our coach would kind of give us that day off, um, which I didn't really understand. So, but yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I know I've heard, I've heard a lot of coaches doing it different ways, but I just wanted to know yeah, what, which, yeah. way, which way you, you had experienced. Yeah. Anyway, move, moving on. Um, a big part of the PE curriculum in Scotland is around the four factors, the physical, mental, emotional and social factors. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to think that uh, mental concentration is a huge factor for a goalkeeper. How do you stay focused throughout the 90 minutes when your team has large amounts of possession? Because I can imagine Ajax have a lot of possession. Yeah, they do. Um, I try to stay focused, um, you know, throughout the whole game. There's always something that I feel like I have to do. I like to play higher up as a goalkeeper. So I play off my line and, and, and get those through balls um, because we want to keep the ball. So just kind of off that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Well, I'm trying to remember the question now. Um, so how do you, I'm sorry, it's okay. Uh, so how do you stay focused? Like, because. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there's always something to do. Um, if it's like talking to my defenders, like coaching them, making sure they're they're marking up, or uh, yeah. always communicating with them and just mentally being there because you could have possession, you know, 70% of the game and then one thing and you can get scored on. If you lose focus, mm-hmm. then yeah. that kind of says something about you as a goalkeeper. So you have to, you have to stay focused. Yeah, it sounds as if communication is a massive part. Yeah. A massive part and, of it, which is a social engaged. factor. Yeah, and like connecting with your teammates, so so you are a part of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's almost because some on your goal I'm saying it's interesting because we're speaking about like concentration as the mental factor, and often like you you think you once you're speaking about concentration, that's the only thing you need to think about, but it actually has a knock on impact on communication, which is going into the social factor as well. So it shows how they all kind of interlink with each other, which yeah, is, is, yeah. is quite interesting. Yeah, I, see. I think I think as a goalkeeper as well, you like you see the full game because you're the last player, so you can organize probably yeah. best. And I feel like I have so much to do sometimes. Like even if I barely touch a ball, um, like making saves or anything like that, I'm always like talking, and it it gets exhausting. Like telling mm-hmm. people to mark up, and then um, you know your defender saying, you know, you need to you need to do this better, you need to do that better. It gets really really frustrating, and you just always have to have that that communication with your defenders. Yeah. Brilliant. Superb. Um, how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have any favourite failures or uh, any games that you've maybe lost or whatever? Um, so I would have to say my whole experience this year at Ajax was probably uh, my biggest, biggest failure. I'm not failure, but uh, before going to Ajax, uh, like playing in Champions League, you know, winning, um, you know, tournament, tournament MVP uh, in Champions League for the qualifying games and then going to Ajax and, and you know, having a good preseason, playing really, really well um, and then kind of just like not getting a chance to play again was really frustrating. And um, it was hard to be in a foreign country where, you know, you have no social life. You're you don't have I was living with a host family. Absolutely love them. 
but I didn't really feel like that, that team dynamic. So being there was probably a really, really struggle for me. And I didn't get to perform the way I wanted to and, and show them what I could do. Uh, so I think being, being at Ajax was probably my, uh, my, my failure, if you would say. But from there, I'm just going to you know, keep working, keep grinding and, and kill it the next club I go to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'll get that move to England soon. If you keep, yeah, I hope. If you I stay, hope. Keep that yeah. attitude. Yeah. How, so it's, what you're saying is super, is, so it's really difficult to get that, that breakthrough and get that opportunity to, to prove your abilities. Yeah, so like, I, I don't know. I don't, it's, you know, everyone says like it's political, all this stuff, like the goalkeeper, yeah. like Dutch national team. Uh, I just never got an opportunity. And when I did get an opportunity, I had two clean sheets and they just, they mm. kept playing her and uh, they never really gave me a reason why I wasn't, wasn't starting. She's, they said the yeah. moment she makes a mistake, you're like, you'll get your opportunity. Um, and she made a lot of mistakes throughout the season, even last year. And I just, I yeah. never got a chance. So I just, I didn't appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't love for me. Yeah. No, I can, I can understand where you're coming from with that. It seems like you've done everything right. And it, it was definitely wasn't down to your ability. So. Yeah, I think some that's, clubs doesn't fit your fit you. So yeah, you that's true. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's reassuring for you that it's um, that you had a couple of clean sheets and it wasn't due to due to your ability. So, yeah. so, so, so did you say that she was Dutch? Did you say the goalkeeper was Dutch? Yeah, she was. Not, she was on the Dutch national team. Yeah. So she came through the academy, maybe. She's been at did Ajax she... for like I think right, maybe okay. four or five years, and last year was her first season that she started to play. Um, and she didn't really have a good season. She made a few mistakes, and it was kind of happening again this season as well. Okay, right, moving on. What are your future plans in football? I know you kind of alluded to it earlier with your, your move to England, if you, if you get it, that's your, your dream. But do you have any potential future moves on the horizon once the lockdown has ended? Have you been in touch with any other clubs? Or uh, Yeah, so right now I'm, I'm talking to my agent. We do have a, a club in mind right now, but I can't say anything until it's official and I sign my contract. But there is something in the works and, uh, you know, fingers crossed that, that it all, all works out. Yeah, we'll probably we'll see soon probably. enough. Then. Yeah, hopefully soon. <laughs> and then, so, and then hopefully, and then hopefully, once the travel ban lifts, we can come and see you. Whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, we can watch. So as long as it's not England, I want to go somewhere better. <laughs> <laughs> get, get a move to Barcelona or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spain. So, final question of the day: What football-specific advice would you give to a young female footballer in high school who has ambitions of playing at the top level, like yourself? Um, I would probably just say like, uh, trust the process and just enjoy it. Like, enjoy what you're doing. Like, don't dwell on if, you know, if you're not playing, just, just be really positive and, and just keep, if you really want something, just keep going and just keep working for it. Yeah. Good face. Yep. Right. Just a quick fire round of three, Steph, just keep it nice and short and sweet. If you could have a billboard anywhere, what would it say on it? Oh, a billboard. Um, you know, I don't think I would really want a billboard of myself somewhere. I'm not, I don't really like that. I, I, I don't know. I'm not about that. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I think it would be no, weird my face on a billboard. <laughs> no, it sounds as if what you said in the last question would, would probably go quite nicely on it. Like trust the process and be I'll patient. Try, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so what advice would you give to a 13-year-old Steph? Like looking back, would you, would you have done anything differently in your process um, I think I would have maybe done like maybe for me to work out uh work more on like um my left foot as I, when I was younger because you know I was doing that for the past 
maybe year and a half and now I'm finally have a left foot but if I started that you know younger and had both those feet right away then maybe things would be differently but uh you know it's never too late and I have it now so but I would just say that that's something that's a massive thing especially as a goalkeeper nowadays you have to have both feet absolutely and it's easier to develop at a young age as opposed to trying to do it when you're that bit older yeah, and the thing, the thing is, if your left foot's weak and your defender plays it back, the striker will then anticipate the press probably yeah. because it's coming to your weak foot, so they could press you a lot quicker. Yep. Um, last one. What bad advice do you hear? Have you ever heard any bad advice yeah, given so out? I have heard a lot of bad advice, but it was more so I had a coach who wasn't the best goalkeeper coach, and it was really, okay. really hard to uh listen to him and take what he was saying because it contradicted like everything i learned growing up so you kind of just have to like bite your tongue and, and just listen hmm. yeah it's interesting you just need to do what's right at, at that specific club i suppose and yeah but it's there's not really much you can do yeah you can't you, like when you're there you just you know he's the coach right you got it you got yeah. to do that's difficult but yeah uh, just to round it off then, thanks Steph. Each week we have our key takeaway message from both the guests and the, the host. So Stephanie, we'll start with you. What would your key takeaway message be for the people listening? Um, I would say uh, trust the process and you know just enjoy the journey. Lewis? My key takeaway message, I liked what you said about when you were at Ajax, you came on and you had two, two, two really good games and you didn't really get much of a chance, but you didn't really let that get down to get you didn't let that get you down and sometimes that will happen to you in life and I like your attitude about it how you just need to pick yourself back up and and get on with it because it doesn't necessarily reflect bad on you so I like that I find your mentality always has to be positive because you have negative mentality that's that's going to affect your performance yep and it's as much as you can even if it's really hard you just got to do it and the the higher the level that you play at the the more cutthroat it is so yeah you really need to have that mindset which is very important what about yourself, Clark? You got one? My key takeaway message is quite specific in terms of the technical ability to play as a goalkeeper and any position to work both feet at a young age because it makes it a lot easier when you get to, you know, 18, 19 rather than waiting. Um, yeah. So it's almost learning from Steph's journey as well. So mm. try and practice with both feet as young as possible. If there's any parents or coaches listening or players listening, you know, yeah. get both feet working. So that would be mine. Especially if you're a goalkeeper. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on today, Steph. We really appreciate that. It was um, it was good to speak to you again. Yeah, of course, no problem. Yeah, um, thanks, thanks, Steph. And um, hopefully, we'll see you one day playing. Yeah, yeah. To keep in touch and let us know what you're, what you're All right, once, good. once they've been secured. Yeah. But um, I know that was great. Good to catch up, and I will speak to you, speak to you later. Yeah, it was great seeing you. All right, have a good day, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to everybody for listening to episode eight of A Wee Bit of Everything. If you enjoyed the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you shared it, got the word out there so that more people can listen to it. If you could also give us a wee review on Apple, that would be so helpful because it allows people to see what the podcast's about and whether others have enjoyed it or not. And again, helps with getting that wee bit more exposure. Until next time, thank you very much and take care.